In a world, there was one podcast that made all others look like silly little part-time, half-baked ideas that should have been thrown in the trash can after being written down. That's a super long-winded way of saying that Drunk Theory Podcast is the best-kept secret out there right now. They're a bunch of idiots talking about conspiracy theories, and when these four come together, they have the capability to solve just about any question coming their way. But keep in mind, they're idiots, so sometimes they won't have the answer. But we guarantee you'll end up laughing so hard you cry or urinate in your pants. I don't make the rules here. So let Matthew, Kara, Kelly, and Ryan give you everything you never know you needed and more. Only on Drunk Theory Podcast. Available on all major streaming platforms. More conspiracies coming soon. I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen, and they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted, uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Ah, well, he didn't know I was going to have a cat on my lap. See if we can get him purring into the mic. Uh, He purrs because I make him happy. I make people and things happy. Bet you wouldn't guess that. Welcome to the Leaves of Glen Mansion. Uh, it's a fun little bit where I pretend to live in a mansion when actually I'm just recording in my basement. And I read the hottest public domain books and short stories. Or, uh, plays. This week, I'm reading a one-act play called Facing Death by August Strindberg. Hey, want to hear about the author of this play? Sure, why not? August Strindberg was born the 22nd of January, 1849, and he uh, died the 14th of May, 1912. Good for him, long life. He was a Swedish playwright, novelist, poet, essayist, and uh, painter. Now, he's a prolific writer who often drew directly on his personal experience. Strindberg's career spanned four decades, during which time he wrote more than uh, oh, 60 plays, uh, more than 30 works of fiction, autobiography, history, cultural analysis, uh, uh, politics, and was a bold experimenter and iconoclast throughout. Uh, he explored a wide range of dramatic methods and purposes, from naturalistic tragedy, uh, monodrama, monodrama, well, let's look that one up. Monodrama. Uh, It's a theatrical or operatic piece played by a single actor or singer, uh, usually portraying one character. Well, we learn something new every day here on my show, don't we? Uh, And history uh, plays to his anticipations of expressionist, surrealistic, dramatic techniques. Oh, you want to learn some fun facts about this man who nearly lived forever? Well, during the 1890s, he spent a significant time abroad engaged in scientific experiments and studies of the occult, a series of apparent psychotic attacks between 1894 and 1896, referred to as his Inferno Crisis. Uh, 
led to his hospitalization and uh, returned to eh, Sweden under the influences of ideas of Emanuel Swedenberg. He resolved after his recovery to become the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the Zola of the occult. Now, well, there's that. Well, we got nothing else to report on him, and we haven't heard the grandfather clock go yet, and we got a long period before that happens. Crap. So I gotta talk about stuff. What am I gonna talk about? Uh, my dryer still doesn't work. Oh, it's been three months now, I think. Uh, they're still waiting on a piece to come through the mail, and every once in a while I get a, an automated voice message uh, sent to me saying, oh, we're still waiting, sorry for the inconvenience. I've literally been drip-drying my clothes all spring. Thank God I got a job finally. Uh, so with that, I just might have to just say sucks to you and just go 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 buy a new one. <sighs> Anyways, uh, my daughter uh, decided that uh, they want to do my intro. Why I don't know. I said it's Father's Day today, and I uh, had a nice little Father's Day. I told uh, wait, we, I said to them my only Father's Day wish. Uh, because it's raining out today, the first time in like a month and a half, I said, my only wish is that we uh, sit around and watch Ponyo. It's a tradition I've started since moving into this house where we watch Ponyo whenever it's raining out. I mean, not every single time it's raining out, but at least like once, you know, at some point between spring and fall. And we make the little milk and tea and honey drink that they have in Ponyo. And Ponyo, oh, God damn it, it's just the cutest goddamn thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Tiny cute little fish that has a human head with a haircut swims around and everyone just falls in love with it. Uh, so today is raining out. And I said, all right, my only wish for Father's Day is that we sit and watch Ponyo. And at first they seemed annoyed and they didn't want to do it. But I made the milk and tea and honey and it was raining out. And we watched Ponyo where there's a big rainstorm happening in the show. And uh, they lightened up. For some reason, my oldest daughter said, what are you going to do now? And I said, take your asses home, because i got a podcast to record. And she said, I want to do some part of your podcast. I want to have my own little corner where I complain about you. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, with that, let's dive into the play. Well, I've never read a, a, a play before, so if this is a massive failure... I got no one to blame but you, putting me in the position of having to continue to churn out gold every week, and uh, I'm running out of short things to read. Facing Death, a one-act play by August Strindberg. Uh, a dining room with a long table. Through the open door is seen over the tops of churchyard cypress trees. Oh, this is a description of, uh, of the scene. Lake Lehman with the Savoy Alps and the French bathing resort Evian. Uh, to the left is a door to, to the kitchen, and to the right is a door to inner rooms. That's vague. Monsieur, 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 Monsieur Durand stands in a doorway, looking over the lake with a pair of field glasses. Adele comes in from the kitchen, wearing an apron and turned-up sleeves. Uh, she carries a tray with coffee things. <laughs> Just coffee things. Uh, haven't, you, haven't you been... For the coffee bread, father? Durand, no. I said Pierre. Uh, my chest has been bad for the last few days. Uh, it affects me to walk the steep hill. Uh, uh, Pierre again? Well, that costs three sous. 
<laughs> Where are they to come from? With only one tourist in the house for, for over two months. Oh, that's true enough. But it seems to me Annette might get the bread. Now, that would ruin the credit of the house entirely. But you have never done anything else. Uh, even you, Adele. Uh, even I am tired. Though I have uh, held out longest, exclamation point, yes, you have. And you were still human when Therese and Annette cautioned me. You and I have pulled this house through since Mother died. You, you, you have to sit in the kitchen like a, like, a, like a Cinderella. And I have to take care of the service. It fires, sweep it clean, and, and, do, and do the errands. Oh, you are tired. How should it be with me, then? Uh, but you mustn't be tired. Uh, you have three daughters who are unprovided for and whose dowry you have uh, wasted. Uh, Durand, listening without, uh, doesn't it seem as if you heard the sound of clanging and rumbling down toward Cully? Uh, if fire has broken out, uh, they are lost because the wind is going to blow soon and the lake tells me that. Uh, have you paid the fire insurance on our house? Oh, yes, I have. Otherwise, I would never have got the last mortgage. How much is there left unmortgaged? Uh, mm, eh, a fifth of the fire insurance policy. Uh, but you know how property dropped in value uh, when the railroad passed our gates and, and went to the, the east instead. Ah, so much the better. Durand, sternly, Adele, pause. Will you put out the fire in the stove? Really? When they write a play, they, they force the actors to pause and stuff? Can't they act? Adele says, impossible. Uh, I can't till the coffee bread comes. Well, here it is. Pierre comes in with, with basket. Adele looks in the basket. Uh, no bread, uh, but a bill. Uh, two, three... Pierre says, well, well, the baker said he wouldn't send any more bread until he has paid. And then, and then when I was going by the butchers and the grocers, they showed these bills at me. It goes out. Adele says, oh, God in heaven. This is the end for us. But, but what is this? It opens a package. Durand, uh, some candles that I bought for the mass uh, for my dear little Renee. Today is the anniversary of his death. Oh, boy. Uh, you, you, can, uh, you can afford to buy such things? With my tips, yes. Don't you think it is humiliating to stretch out my hand whenever a traveler leaves us? Uh, can't you grant me the only contentment I possess? Let me enjoy my sorrow one time each year uh, to be able to live in the memory of the most beautiful thing life ever gave me. That's got to hurt her feelings. Uh, if only uh, he had lived until now, you'd see how, how beautiful he'd be. Oh, no, she's playing it up. It is very possible there is truth in your irony. As I remember him, however, he was not as you all are now. Uh, will you we be good enough to receive Monsieur, Monsieur? How come I can't say this word, Monsieur? <laughs> Antonio yourself, he is coming now to have his coffee without bread. Oh, if mother were only living. Is everyone dead in this play? She always found a way when you stood helpless. Your mother had her good qualities. Although you uh, saw only her faults, Monsieur Antonio is coming. If you leave me now, I will have a talk with him. Uh, you'd do better to go out and borrow some money so that, he, uh, so that the scandal would be averted. 
I can't borrow a sow after borrowing for 10 years. Let everything crash at once. Everything, everything. Uh, it would only be the end. Uh, the end for you, yes. Uh, but you never think of us. No, I have never thought of you, never. <laughs> uh, do you begrudge us uh, bringing up I am only answering an unjust reproach. Go now, and I'll meet the storm, as usual. As usual, him. Goes to Antonio, uh, in from back. Antonio, good morning, Monsieur Durand. Now, Monsieur Lieutenant has already been out for a walk. Yes, I have been down toward Cully and saw them put out a, 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 a chimney fire. Now, uh, some coffee, well, it tastes perfectly good. It is needless to say how it pains me to have to tell you that on account of insufficient supplies, our house can no longer continue to do business. Yeah, how is that? To speak plainly, we are bankrupt. Yeah, but my good monsieur, uh, Durant, there is no way of helping you out of what I hope is just a, a temporary embarrassment. No, uh, there is no possible way. Uh, the condition of the house has been so completely undermined for my many years that I have rather the, the, the crash would come than live in a state of anxiety day and night, expecting what must come. Uh, nevertheless, I believe you're, you're looking at the dark side of things. I can't see what makes you doubt my statement. Yeah, because I want to help you. I don't wish any help. Uh, privatization I must come and teach my children to lead a different life uh, from this which is all play with the exception of oh Adele who really does take care of the kitchen and, and what do the others do oh play and sing and, oh, oh, and promenade uh, oh, and flirt as long as there is a crust of bread in the house they'll never do anything useful we are granting that, but until the finances are straightened out, we must have bread in the house, and then let me stay a month longer, and I'll pay my bill in advance. No, thank you. We must stick to the course, even if it leads us into the lake. What? And I don't want to continue in this business, which doesn't bring bread, uh, nothing but humiliations. Oh, just think how it was last spring, when the house had been empty for three months, uh, then at last, an American family came and saved us. The morning after their arrival, I, I ran across the sun, uh, catching hold of my daughter on the stairs. It was Therese. Oh, he was, he, was, he was trying to kiss her. Oh, what would you have done in my case? Antonio, confused. I, I don't know. I know what I, as a father, should have done, but father-like, I didn't do it. But I know what to do next time. What, beat the crap out of him? What is he talking about? On account of that, everything, it seems to me that you should think very carefully about what you do and not leave your daughters to chance. Monsieur Antonio, you are a young man who, for some inexplicable reason, has won my regard. Ah, whether you grant it or not, I'm going to ask one thing of you. Don't form any opinions about me as an individual or about my conduct. Oh, Monsieur Durand... I promise it if you will answer me one question. Are you, are you, are you Swiss-born or not? No, I am a Swiss citizen. Yeah, I know that. But I ask if you're born in Switzerland. Uh, yes. I asked only because it interested me. Nevertheless, as I must believe you, that your pension must be closed. I want to pay what I owe. 
To be sure, it's only 10 francs, but I can't go away and leave an unpaid bill. <laughs> oh, I can be sure that this really is a debt, as I don't keep the accounts. But if you have deceived me, you shall hear from me. And now I will go and get the bread. Afterward, we find out. Goes out, Antonio alone. Afterward, Therese comes in, carrying a rat trap, and she wears a morning negligee. Oh, and her hair is down. <laughs> Therese? Oh, there you are, Antonio. I, I thought I heard the old man. Nah. Antonio? Yes. We went to get coffee bread, he said. Uh, hadn't he done that already? Uh, no, you know, we can't stand him any longer. Oh, how beautiful you are today, Teresa. But that, but that rat trap isn't becoming. Uh, it's such a rat trap into the bargain. I have said it the whole month, but never, never to get a live one. Although the bait is eaten every morning. Uh, have you seen Mimi around? <laughs> that damn cat. Usually around early and late, but today I've been spared it. Now you must speak beautifully about the absent. And remember, uh, he who loves me loves uh, my cat. She puts a rat trap on the table and picks up an empty saucer from under the table. Adele! Uh, uh, Ad Adele! Adele in the kitchen door. Uh, what does her highness demand so loudly? Therese. Oh, her highness demands milk for a cat and a piece of cheese for your rats. Go get him yourself. Oh, is that the way you answer her, Highness? The answer fits such talk. Uh, and besides, you deserve it for showing yourself before a stranger with, with, with your hair not combed. Now, aren't we old friends here? And Antonio, I go speak nicely there uh, to Aunt Adele. Uh, and then you'll, you'll, you'll get some milk from Mimi? And Antonio hesitates. Well, aren't you going to go to mind? Antonio, sharply, no. Therese, what kind of way to speak is that? Uh, you, you want a taste of my riding whip? <laughs> Antonio, impudence. Therese, amazed. Hey, what is that? Hey, what is that? Are, are you trying to remind me of my position, my, my debt, my weakness? No, I only want to remind you of my position, my debt, my weakness. And then Adele jumps in, uh, getting the saucer. Oh, now listen, good friends. What is all this uh, foolishness for? Uh, be friends. And then I'll give you some very nice coffee. Goes into the kitchen. Therese, crying. You are tired of me, Antonio. And you are thinking of, of giving me up. Oh, you mustn't cry. It'll make your eyes so ugly. <laughs> oh, if they're not as beautiful as a net's. So, is it a net's now? But look here, all fooling aside. Isn't it about time we had our coffee? Uh, you make a charming married man uh, not able to wait a moment for your coffee. Oh, and uh, what a lovable married lady you'd be who growls at her husband because she has made a blunder. Annette comes in fully dressed and, and, and hair done up. Uh, Annette, uh, you, you seem to be quarreling this morning. Uh, see, there's Annette and dressed already. Therese, yes, Annette is so extraordinary in every aspect, and she has, a, she has the prerogative of being older than I am. Oh, if you don't hold your tongue, Antonio says. Oh, now, now, be good now, Therese. And he puts his arm around her and kisses her. Monsieur Durand appears in the doorway as he, as he does so. Uh, Durand, astonished, what's this? Therese, freeing yourself. Uh, what? <laughs> Durand, 
Did my eyes see right, Therese? What did you see? I saw that you allowed a strange gentleman to kiss you. Ah, that's a lie. I have lost my sight. Or do you dare lie to my face? It is for you to talk about lying. And you will lie to us and the whole world by saying that you were born a Swiss, although you're a, a, you're a, you're a, a Frenchman. Yeah, who said that? Mother said so. Duran to Antonio. Monsieur Lieutenant, as our account is settled, I'll ask you to leave this house immediately or else. Uh, or else. Uh, choose your weapon. <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> First of all, it's, re- it's weird to read a play when there's multiple people in the same room because then I feel like i got to call out their names as they're being read off. The other one is it went from self-pity uh, to uh, insults to women and then just violence. <laughs> Antonio says, I wonder what sort of defense you'd put up other than uh, the hairs. Oh, if I didn't prefer my stick, I should take the gun that I used the last war. Ah, oh, yeah, Therese says, you've surely been at war. Uh, you, uh, who, de- who deserted? Mother said that too, and I can't fight the dead, but I can fight the living. He lifts his walking stick and goes towards Antonio. Therese and Annette throw themselves between the men. Annette, think of what you're doing, Therese. This will end on the scaffold. Antonio backing away. Uh, goodbye, Monsieur Durand. Keep my contempt and my ten francs. Durand takes a gold piece from his vest pocket. Oh, he does have money. And throws it towards Antonio. My curses follow your gold, scamp. Therese and Annette follow Antonio. Oh, thank God. So now there's less people in the room. Therese and Annette, don't go. Uh, don't leave us. Uh, father would kill us. Durand breaks his stick in two. He who cannot kill must die. Antonio, goodbye. Uh, and I hope you miss the, the last rat from your sinking ship. And then in parentheses, he goes. <laughs> Therese to Durand. And that's the way you treat your guests. Is that one of the, the house has gone to pieces? Yes, that's my way. Such guests. But tell me, uh, Therese, my child, he takes, his, takes her hand between his Tell me, my beloved child, tell me if I, if I saw wrong just now or if you, if you told a falsehood. Therese, peevishly, What? Durand? <laughs> you must know what I mean. It isn't the thing itself, uh, which can be quite innocent, but it's the matter of whether I can trust my senses that interests me. Oh, uh, talk about something else. Uh, tell us, rather, what we are going to eat and drink today, for that matter. It's a lie. He didn't kiss me. Oh, it isn't a lie. Heaven's name. Uh, didn't I see it happen? Prove it. Prove it. With the witnesses or a, or a, or a, or a policeman, exclamation point. And then to Annette. Annette, my child, uh, will, you, will you tell me the truth? Uh, I didn't see anything. Well, that's a proper answer. For one should never accuse one's sister. How like your mother you are today, Annette. Man, it's just insults all over the place. Oh, don't you say anything about mother. Ah, she should be living such a day as this. Adele comes in with a glass of milk and puts it on the table. Well, with that, uh, why don't we take a break from this confusing play reading? How do people read plays? It's ridiculous. Uh, and why don't we, uh, why don't we, why don't we retire up to the master bedroom where I can read to you the newest upcoming and latest romance novels from Penguin Random House Books.
just working on this tweet. It's going to be a really fun one. I've been working on it for like the, the last four hours. Oh, there you are. Oh, you look uh, weird. Is that a yak outfit? You look like a yak. What is like a furry thing? Don't wear that. Uh, why don't you, here, take this, dress like Napoleon, and tell me about your secret family in Tulsa. As I read to you the newest upcoming romance novel from Penguin Random House Books uh, about someone to cherish. Is love worth the loss of one's freedom and independence? Now, this is what Mrs. Travener must decide in the new novel in the Westcott series from New York Times best-selling author Mary Blalogh. <laughs> B-A-L-O-G-H. Blalogh. New York Times best-selling author, it's a sham. I'm not going to get into it, but it's an actual sham. Go look it up. It's ridiculous. When Harry Westcott lost the title of Earl of Riverdale after the discovery of his father's bigamy, ooh, uh, he shipped off uh, to fight in the Napoleonic Wars, uh, where he was near-fatally wounded after a harrowing recovery. Uh, the once cheery, uh, light-hearted boy uh, has become reclusive and a somber man. Though Harry insists he enjoys the solitude, he... He does wonder sometimes if he is lonely. Lydia Travenor, recently widowed, dreams of taking a lover. Oh, her marriage to Reverend Isaiah Travenor was one of uh, service and obedience, and she has secretly enjoyed her freedom since his death. That sounds mysterious. Uh, she didn't want to shackle herself to another man in marriage, but sometimes she wonders if she is lonely. Both are unwilling to face the truth until they find themselves alone together one night, and Lydia surprises even herself with a with a simple question: uh, "Are you uh, I, I, are you ever lonely?" And Harry's answer leads them down a path neither could have ever imagined. Well, as he said earlier, he does wonder if he's lonely sometimes. So I guess that's the path. Uh, it's coming out. Uh, on uh, July 29, 2021, and it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Bookshop.org, Hudson Booksellers, IndieBound, Powell's, Target, My Favorite, Books A Million, and Walmart. Well, with that, uh, the Napoleon suit, eh, it's ill-fitting on you. It doesn't flatter you the whole way I hope it would. Uh, why don't we just go back and finish this play we started? I'm going to preface this by saying that you know, I'm not naming any names. However, one thing I've learned in a word to the wise, don't trust any bitch named Jen. Let me tell you something, bitch. Let me tell you something, bitch. Let me tell you something, bitch. The dick snapped harder than Judy Let Funny at a poetry slam. Let me tell you something, bitch. We are living in the aftermath of Reaganomics. Let me tell you something, bitch. Go eye for an eye with me and end up with astigmatism, honey. Let me tell you something. If you're going to listen to this podcast and you recognize my voice, don't play any of it for either one of my grandmamas, okay? They done survived this pandemic and this might kill them. Let me tell you something, bitch. I remain anonymous to protect the guilty. Let me tell you something, bitch. Streaming everywhere. Now, where did we leave off? Oh, yes, they were getting the milk. Adele to Durand. Uh, there's your milk. Uh, what, uh, what happened to the bread? Nothing, my children. It will continue to come as it always has up to the present. Therese, 
grabs the milk from her father. Oh, you shall have everything. You who throw away money so that your children are compelled to starve. Adele, did he throw away money? The rich? He should have been put in the lunatic asylum. The time mother said he was ripe for it. Uh, See, here's another bill that came by way of the kitchen. Duran takes the bill and starts as he looks at it, pours a glass of water and drinks, sits down and and lights his briar pipe. Annette, but he can afford smoke tobacco. Duran, tired and submissively, dear children, this tobacco didn't cost me any more than that water, for it was given to me six months ago. Don't vex yourselves needlessly. Therese takes the matches away. Well, eh... At least he shan't waste matches, Durand. Oh, if you knew, Therese, how many matches I have wasted on you when I used to get up nights to see if you'd thrown off the bedclothes. Oh, if you knew, Annette, how many times I have secretly given you water when you cried from thirst because 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 your mother believed it was harmful for children to drink. What? What mom thinks it's harmful for children to drink? Well, it's all so long ago that I can't bother about it. For that matter, it was only your duty, as you have said yourself. Oh, it was, and I filled my duty, and a little more, too. Adele, well, continue to do so. Or no one knows what'll become of us. Three young girls left homeless and friendless without anything to live on, exclamation point. Do you know what, uh, what want can drive one to do? That's what I said ten years ago, but no one would heed me. And twenty years ago, I predicted that this moment would come, and I haven't been able to prevent its coming. Oh, I've been sitting like a like a lone brakeman on an express train, seeing it go toward an abyss. Ah, uh, but I haven't. Uh, I've been able to get uh, the engine valves to stop it. Therese, and now you want thanks for landing in the abyss with us? No, my child, I only ask that you be a little less unkind to me, for you have cream fur the cat. What? You have cream fur the cat. Fur, F-U-R. Okay, whatever. Uh, but you begrudge milk to your father. <laughs> okay, fine. Who has not eaten for so long? Oh, it's you, then, who has begrudged milk for my cat. Yes, it is I, Annette says, and perhaps it is he who has eaten the rat's bait, too. Ah, it is he. Adele, such a pig, Therese laughing. I think if it, if it had been poisoned, Durant, alas, if only it had been, you mean? Yes, you surely wouldn't have minded that. You who have so often talked about shooting yourself. Aha, but I but have never done it. Well, why don't you shoot me? That's a direct reproach. Uh... Do you know why I haven't done it? To keep you from going into the lake, my dear children. Uh, say something else unkind now. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, uh, hearing music. Yeah, tunes that I recognize from the good old times. Man, this guy is insane. Adele, stop such useless talk now and do something. Do something, Therese. Do you know what the consequences may be if you leave us in this shape? Oh, you go and prostitute yourselves, God. <laughs> That's what your mother always said she'd do when she had spent the housekeeping money on, on, on lottery tickets. Adele, silence. Not a word about our dear, beloved mother. Durand, half, half humming to himself. <laughs> it is this house a candle burns. When it burns, the goal he earns. The goal once won, the storm will come. And with, a, with a great crash, 
Yes, no, two exclamation points. It has begun to blow outside and grown cloudy. Durand rises quickly. Durand to Adele. Put the fire in the stove. The windstorm is coming. Adele, look at Durand in the eyes. No, the wind is not coming. Put out the fire. If it catches fire here, I'll get nothing from the insurance. Put out the fire, I say. Put it out. I don't understand you. Duran looks her in the eyes, taking her hand. Yeah, just obey me, do as I say. Adele goes into the kitchen, leaving the door open. Uh, to Teresa and Annette. Uh, go up and shut the windows, children, and look after the draughts. But uh, come give me a kiss first after I'm going away to get money for you. Therese, can you, uh, can you get money? Oh, I have life insurance that I think I am uh, going to realize on. Uh, how much can you get for it? Oh, uh, 600 francs if I sell it, uh, 5,000 if I die, Therese concerned. Now tell me, child, we mustn't be needlessly cruel. Uh, tell me, Therese, are you so attached to Antonio that you'd be quite happy if you didn't get him? Oh, yes. Then you must marry him if he really loves you, but you mustn't be unkind to him, for then he'll be unhappy. Uh, uh, goodbye, my dear beloved child takes her in his arms and, and kisses her cheeks. But you mustn't die, father. You mustn't. Would you grudge me going to my peas? No, not if you wish it yourself. Uh, forgive me, father. The many, many times I've been unkind to you. Oh, nonsense, my child. But no one was so unkind to you as I. Oh, I felt it less because I, I, I loved you the most. Why, don't I know but run and shut the windows? I hear your matches, Papa, and... And there's your milk. Durand, smiling. Ah, you child. Well, what can I do? I haven't had anything else to give you. You gave me so much joy as a child that uh, you owe me nothing. Go now. And just give me a loving look as you used to. Therese turns and throws herself into his arms. So, so, my child. All is well. Therese runs out. Farewell, Annette. Annette, are you, are you going away? I don't understand all this. Yes, I'm going. Yeah, but of course he's coming back, Papa. Well, who knows whether he'll live uh, through the morrow. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll say farewell. Uh, I do, then, Father, and a good journey to you. And you won't forget to bring uh, something home to us just as you used to, will you? Oh, you remember that, though it's so long since I brought anything to you, children. I, I do, Annette. And Annette goes. Durand hums to himself. Through good and evil, great and small, where have you sown? Others gather all. Adele comes in. Adele, uh, come, and now you shall hear and uh, understand. If I speak in veiled terms, it's only to spare your conscience and having to uh, know too much. Uh, be quiet. Uh, I got the children up in their rooms. First, you are to ask me this question. Uh, have you a life insurance policy? Well... Adele, questioningly and uncertain. Yeah, yeah. Have you a life insurance policy? No. I had one, uh, but I sold it long ago because I thought I'd noticed that someone became irritable when it was due. But I have fire insurance, and here are the papers. Uh, hide them well. Now I'm going to ask you something. Uh, do you know how many candles there are in a pound? Uh, mass candles at 75 centimes? Uh, there, there are six. Durand indicating the package of candles. Uh, how many candles are there there? 
Uh, only five, because the sixth is placed very high up and very near. Oh, good Lord, Duran looking at his watch. In five minutes or so, it'll be burned out. No, yes. Can you see dawn any other way in this darkness? No. Well, then, that takes care of business. Now about another matter. If Monsieur Duran passes out of this world as a, whispers, incendiary, it doesn't matter much. But his children shall know that he lived as a man of honor up to that time. Well, that I was born in France. But I didn't have to admit that to the first scamp that came along. Uh, just before I reached the age of conscription, I fell in love uh, with the one who later became my wife. Uh, to be able to marry, we came here and were naturalized. When the last war broke out, and it looked as if I was going to carry a weapon against my own country, I went out as a, as a sharpshooter against Germans, and I never deserted, uh, as you have heard that I did. Your mother invented that story. Yeah, mother never lied. So, so, now the ghost has risen and stands between us again. I, I cannot enter an action against the dead, but I swear I'm speaking the truth. Uh, do you hear? And as far as your dowry's concerned, uh, that is to say, your maternal inheritance, uh, these are the facts. First, your mother, through carelessness and foolish speculations, ruined your paternal inheritance so completely that I had to give up my business and start this pension. After that, part of her inheritance had to be used in the bringing up of you children, which, of course, cannot be looked upon as thrown away. Uh, so it is also untrue that now... That's not what mother said on her deathbed. Then your mother lied on her deathbed. <laughs> Just as she had done all through her life. That's the curse that has been following me like a, like a spook. Think how you have innocently tortured me with these two lies for so many years. I want to put disquiet into your young lives, which would result in your doubting your mother's goodness. That's why I kept silent. I was the bearer of her cross throughout our married life, uh, carried all her faults on my back, took all the consequences of her mistakes on myself, until at last I believed that I was the guilty one. And she was not slow, first to believe herself, to be blameless, and then later the victim, blame it on me, I used to say, and then we had become terribly involved in some tangle, and she blamed, and I bore. But the more she became indebted to me, the more she hated me, with the limitless hatred of her indebtedness. And in the end, she despised me, trying to strengthen herself by imagining that she had deceived me. This is a horrible person. The woman's dead. Apparently he's planning something here, probably to kill himself, and before he dies, he's just going to tear down their memory of their mother. <laughs> Trying to strengthen herself by imagining she had deceived me, and, uh, and last of all, she taught you children to despise me. Well, he's also abusive, physically, because she wanted to support in her weakness, and I hoped and believed that this evil but weak spirit would die when she died. But evil lives and grows like a disease, while soundness stops at a certain point and then retrogrades. And uh, when I wanted to change what was wrong in the habits of the household, I was always met with, uh, but mother said, and before it was true, mother used to do it this way, and before it was, it was right, and then you and I became a good-for-nothing uh, when I was kind, a, a miserable creature when I was sensitive, and a scamp when I let you all have your way of run the house. It's audible to accuse the dead who can't uh, defend themselves. Duran fast exalted. Oh, I'm not dead yet, but I will be soon. 
Will you defend me then? Nah, you need not, but defend your sisters. Think only of my children, Adele. Take a motherly care of Therese. She is the youngest and liveliest, quick and good and bad, thoughtless and weak. But it is that if she marries soon, it can be arranged. Now I can smell burning straw. Uh, Adele, Lord protect us, Durand. Drinks from glass. He will. Uh, and for Annette, you must try to find a place as teacher so that she can get up in the world and into good company. You must manage the money when it falls due. Uh, don't be close. Uh, but fix up your sisters so that they will be presentable to the right kind of people. Oh, don't save anything but the family papers, which are in the top drawer of my chefonar. Chefonar. How do you pronounce that? Let's find out. Chiffonier. Chiffonier, uh, in the middle of the room. Here is the key, the fire insurance papers you have. Smoke is seen forcing its way through the ceiling. It will soon be accomplished now. In a, in a moment, you will hear the clanging from St. Francois. Promise me one thing. Never divulge this to your sisters. It would only disturb their peace for the rest of their lives. He sits by the table. And one more thing. Uh, never a hard word against their mother. Her portrait is also in the chiffonier. None of you knew that, because I found it was enough that her spirit walked unseen in the home. Uh, greet Therese and ask her to forgive me. And don't forget that she must have the best when you buy her clothes. Oh, you know her weakness for such things. Uh, when a weakness can bring her, uh, tell Annette. The distant clanging of bells is heard, and the smoke increases. Monsieur Durand drops his head in his hands on the table. Adele, it's burning. Uh, it, it's burning, Father. What's the matter with you? You'll be burned up. Durand lifts his head, takes the water glass up, and puts it down with a meaningful gesture. Ah, you've taken poison. Durand nods affirmatively. Uh, have you insurance papers? Uh, tell Therese and Annette. And his head falls. The bell in the distance strikes again, rumbling and murmur of voices outside. Well, let's retire here in the smoking room and uh, try to make sense of all that claptrap. Uh, what happened in this play? Got a bunch of daughters living in a house with a dad who can't afford crap. And he keeps bringing in people to come stay at the house. To, that's their only source of income. And the one guy that's staying there, uh, he pisses him off because the guy tries to kiss one of his beautiful young daughters. And that he uh, threatens violence and threatens his daughters. And he's just kind of a, just an overall jerk. And so the guy leaves and then uh, the daughters get all pissed at him. And then they complain about not having enough milk or bread or God knows what else. Uh, just nagging at him for being poor. When they already know he's poor to begin with. Uh, and then in the end, uh, they all take off. And then he tells Adele, I'm going to burn the house down. And, uh... Go, go go check the chiffonier to find all my insurance papers. And then uh, and then he drinks poisoned water. I kind of got lost on that. I guess one of the waters is poisoned or the kids planned on poisoning him. Eh, I don't know. I'm tired. It's been a long Father's Day. So whatever. He's getting poisoned. But he knew it and he drank it and he died heroically after spending a long time complaining about their dead mother. 
What's good about this story? Well, the guy I don't like died. And what sucks? The guy I don't like spent a lot of time in the play. What do we learn? If you're not useful to other people, kill yourself. Well, with that, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I will probably be back with another play that's hopefully less depressing and annoying uh, next week. Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. You can tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now, there's there's that. Uh, I, I, are you cool? I like cool people. It's the reason why I got involved in this business to begin with, just to meet cool people. Not losers. So if you're cool, uh, feel free to go over to my website, uh, nuzzlehouse.com. You can see a backlog of everything I've ever read, uh, along with episodes from Book Boys and uh, blah, blah, blah. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, which is uh, House Nuzzle. And conveniently enough, uh, Twitter, which is also at House Nuzzle. Annoyingly, YouTube made me pick a name instead of just a house nuzzle. So you got Glenn Nuzzles. So I guess you search for that if you want to watch a screen that doesn't do anything and just hear my voice. Uh, and since, uh, since I think you might be cool, you can always just email me directly. Glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com But don't, uh, don't email if you're a, a nerdlinger or a dork. Now, back to business. I can't believe I drank all of them already. There's one left. <laughs>